Are you ready? Jamie Markley, David Van Camp, and Scott Robbins. We just become best friends. Yep. Making sense of it all. Oh, I get it. And having some fun. Lighten up, Francis. This is the Markley, Van Camp, and Robbins Show. All right, let's do it. The Markley, Van Camp, and Robbins Show. I'm Jamie Markley. That's David Van Camp. There's Scott Robbins. Okay, come in this morning, and both of you guys are talking about the same thing. Okay? Yeah. And getting a little fed up. Yep. But you just need to face facts here. Okay. Okay? The reason Paul Pelosi, Speaker of the House's husband, was attacked in his home is because of the rhetoric that the GOP... Yeah. Oh, my gosh. ...has been... Fanning for years. Uh-huh. This is it. <laughs> By the way, did you, I don't know if you saw it. Tucker had a whole rundown of the media outlets talking about this. And then we'll get to the latest update in the attack of Paul Pelosi in a second. There's a lot to get through today. Is uh, this political violence, in, in your opinion? It seems to be clear uh, that the, the content of his social media and the statements he allegedly made about where's Nancy, we're going to wait for Nancy, uh, certainly points in that direction. Okay, again, the guy that attacked Paul Pelosi, what do we really know about the guy? He's homeless, drug yeah. addict, uh, well, at one point thought he was Jesus. Well, and he had a little spirit animal that came to him in the form of a bird that told him to do things. I'm sorry, but no political operative needs to be tailoring messages specifically to make sure that a person who thinks they're Jesus, who talks to imaginary bird fairies, doesn't do something crazy. But if they have a BLM flag outside Mm -hmm. of the bus... He was living in a bus! (laughs) And also the rainbow flag, that means... Well, he's, he's MAGA. Well, he's okay. MAGA, definitely MAGA. And seems like there's this effort to normalize um, this kind of behavior and to make Trumpers feel, you know, at home and prioritize um, their feelings. This is about election denialism. What has happened over the last oh two years has seeped into uh, the minds and the thoughts of some unstable people. Yes. If you said, man, there was a lot of nefarious crap going on that last election. You know what that leads to? Mm-hmm. Doing a lot of drugs and living in a bus and taking a hammer. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. To the speaker's it, it, husband, mm-hmm. it leads That's what you it means. to communicating with spirit fairies that come to you in the form of a bird. Wow. That's still trippy, man. Yeah. There's more media stuff. Deranged right-wing fanatics, Trump media allies, and some of the most powerful people in the world were feverishly trying to stir up conspiracy theories oh that God. distracted from the central political headline of this story. <laughs> conspiracy That theory. years of Republican oh, yeah. propaganda and Trump-fueled fascism <laughs> led 42-year-old David DePap to break into Nancy Pelosi's San Francisco home. Okay, David, it's all yours. Well, I'm sorry, but a lot of these so-called conspiracy theories were put out there by mainstream media, like the idea that there was a third person in the home. Well, that was something that was actually reported and then later clarified, but that was actually reported. The fact that Politico, the idea, the idea that I don't know, perhaps one or both of them were in their underwear was reported by mainstream media. 
Okay. Yes. Nobody made this up out of whole cloth. I mean, it was like here's <laughs> here's a media report, and then the police department comes out and says they both had hammers, and you're like, what in the world is going on here? It's a, one of those two thirty a.m. naked hammer fights. I, yeah, I'm trying to know. figure out what's we, going we on. We heard so much about. <laughs> well, they went out in front of the reporters on Friday, and we're like going through this live. We're like, they both had hammers. Did you realize? I just read another report. How many hammers were on the scene? Seriously, to this day, do you know? No, I think I thought one, but I, I don't. There were know. two. There were two hammers. Yes. Yes, more on that a little bit later. But there were two hammers. But we don't know if each one had a hammer in hand, but we know there were two hammers well, there. In case the first one got jammed. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you, you always take your backup uh, a hammer, okay? Right, always. exactly. You never know. Again, man, I understand. We've talked about it for weeks. Oh, God. The left, I mean, it's desperation time before the midterms. They're trying to make political hay out of this any way they can, but it's laughable. And I realize there are enough people around the country that get their news from one source, and whether it's The View or one of the morning news shows, MSNBC, CNN, whatever, that are going to buy into all this, and that's kind of sad. For the rest of us, man, this is laughable. It's yeah. dang near comedy in a sad sort of way. In a sad way, yes. Wow. So... Now there is a different timeline. What is the current timeline of so, so what the, happened here? So the FBI says the guy shows up a little after 2 a.m., breaks in, David DePap or DePappy or how I've heard like three different pronunciations of the guy's last name, uh, wakes up Paul Pelosi saying, I want to talk to Nancy. She wasn't there. He says, I'll wait. And apparently he was going to hold Nancy Pelosi hostage and talk to her. And if she lied to him, he was going to break her kneecap. So then she'd be wheeled into the halls of Congress. Okay. To show people what happens when you lie. At the risk of asking questions that you don't have an answer to, because mm -hmm. we've gone over, that's a very frustrating thing for the person being asked the question on this show. I'm just asking this, and I mean it sincerely, because we all read so many different reports about this. Do we know yet anything about the security system of the Pelosi home? No. Are you telling me you break a window like that, it doesn't trip an alarm? Well, and and also it would do that at my house. Yeah, m members of Congress just approved uh, ten thousand dollars in extra security for themselves. So, I mean, what it, exactly? There are a lot of things that still don't make sense. And then this this part makes even less sense is that somewhere around two twenty a.m., David DePap says, "Oh man, I'm getting sleepy. I had to haul that backpack all the way up here, man. Dang!" Uh, so we wanted to go to sleep. So he was going to tie up Paul Pelosi, and somehow Paul Pelosi was able to go to a bathroom and call 911, and David DePape, the, the assailant, knew that he was going to use the phone and then realized he called 911 and said uh, that, uh, uh, you know, and said, look, I know that 911 or the cops are going to show up, so I'm going to have to go through them or something. He wasn't going to leave after he knew the cops had been called. Okay. So the dude breaks in the house. Yeah. You're you're asleep. It's 2.23 a.m. This guy's like, hey, where's your wife? Because I want to tie her up. Okay? Break her kneecaps, whatever. So you have this conversation, and you're talking for a while, and you end up getting out of bed, and you're continuing to have this conversation. And you're like, hey, before you tie me up, uh, can I use a crapper? i got to take a whiz. Yeah. Or whatever it is. Uh, yeah, you can go ahead and go to the bathroom. Hey, who'd you call in there? Uh, Nobody. No, it's 911. I'm trying to seriously figure yeah. this out in my head, how this goes down. And then they go, 
what is it down the stairs, wherever it yeah. is. And so then the cops are on the way and then they decide what he's like, I'm going to, uh, I'm going to give you the hammer now, you know, yeah, so, or whatever. Yeah. And, and here we go. So that, but so then the, then the cops are ringing the doorbell. Yeah. Cops knock on the door and then Pelosi was the one who opened the door and greeted the officers. That's the verbiage that's used. I mean, that's just kind of, you know, bland. They try to be as neutral as possible. Greeted the said, hey, hey, coppers. And Hold on, though. He's got his hand on the hammer, doesn't he? Yeah, so the way that it... it Greeting? It, Whoa. The way... Right. Hi, how are you? Hold on. Other hands on the hammer well, no, so I he think, doesn't beat me over the head. I think that's a little bit too literal of a... Of a, um, right. of a that's what I was saying. It's pretty bland language that uh, police usually use and report, okay. try to be as neutral as possible. So anyway... Uh, he opens up the door, and he and DePape are apparently uh, struggling with the hammer. They've both got their hands on one hammer. David DePape has his hand on uh, his other hand on Paul Pelosi's arm. And then a uh, brief struggle ensues. Uh, Paul Pelosi is pushed away and then knocked in the head with a hammer. But the door's open, and the cops are there. Yeah. And the cop says, put down the hammer. And he doesn't put down the hammer. In fact, he takes the hammer away from Paul Pelosi and whacks okay. him on the head. I'm not trying to be critical of police here. All right. We got someone in the house. We know that. Mm -hmm. Okay. We're going to go in. And all of a sudden, you see both these guys with the hammer. Hey, drop the hammer. And all of a sudden, he has time to reach back with the hammer, hit the guy in the head. And the cops just say, hey, drop the hammer. And he has a chance to cock back and swing it again. Tackle the son of a gun as soon as he reaches back the first time. That doesn't make any sense. Hammer time. I know. Again, I mean, that's why it would be helpful to, to have body cam footage because sometimes, I mean, that stuff can happen in, in, the, in the blink of an eye, you know. Right. It doesn't yeah. take that long to swing a hammer. And if, you're, and if you're walking back at the same time into the house and swinging, then, I mean, again, it, Paul Pelosi's 82 years old. It doesn't take a, you know, it doesn't take a, a massive amount of strength probably to hurt the guy. I understand. It's, it, it, dude. It doesn't add up. There are just too many things. Like this doesn't make any sense. And it, it, take it on what they're trying to tell us happened. Let's say that's all true. And I, this isn't to scoreboard anybody. We've talked for years about the homeless situation in San Francisco, yeah. all up and down the West Coast. Okay, and people getting attacked all the time, mm -hmm. and they get right back out of jail. It happened again then. Yeah. With this nut job. Jeez, man. Just crazy. All right. So moving on, let's talk about some of the other news that's out there. There's big races going on. There's new news with the Pennsylvania race, David. Yeah, well, Democratic Senate candidate John Fetterman tried to explain inflation. And just so you know, there is nothing wrong with this man's brain after he suffered a massive stroke earlier this year. Okay. Have you heard this yet, Scott? Nope, I have not. Okay, because you know he's going to do his first live interview later this week. Well, he did it. He did it with CNN. The, uh, they are promoting it on The View. It's the first whatever live one. Or was the other one recorded? I'm not quite sure, to be know. honest. And I'm, a, I'm having a problem with my audio, David. Do you have that clip? Uh, yeah, I do. Uh, yeah, he's talking about addressing inflation. Yes. Uh, here. Oh, this ought to be good. Yeah. 
Right. What do you think the biggest cause of inflation is, and should the Biden administration be doing more? No, I, I just do. I, I think that uh, that simply is also Leah. Let's talk about the trillions in, in massive tax uh, tax uh, cuts to the corporate uh, tax uh, structure as well. True, you know, trillions of dollars that have added to the deficit. And, and now they still want to support those as well. True. I think in terms of being very serious about uh, addressing inflation is, is making sure that those rates are brought back into a line with what they, they should have been, uh, where they're able to uh, fight uh, the, the, the deficit. Okay. All right. Enough. That's enough. Dude. That, that's enough. What do you mean? I mean, shame on his family. Shame on the party. Shame on those people that put this shell of a man up there in front of people. It's it's embarrassing, and I hold them responsible for it. Yeah. Because somebody has to put their arm around him and say, it's time to go home. It's time yeah. to get better. And the time would have been right after months the primary. Ago. I yes. Because they would have right. had time to put somebody else on Prop, the ballot. Put somebody else on the ballot, and let's, let's take you home and get you better. That's That's terrible. That doesn't make any sense. What he just said right there makes no sense. No, it does not. None. No, it doesn't. And did Don Lemon just let that go? Yes. Um, see, that's you can't do that either. Yeah, you then, have to go, well, wait a minute. Let me understand this because I'm not oh, clear on it. And, and later today, Don Lemon actually said, or later after this interview, uh, Don Lemon actually said, well, people just need to have more empathy when they're listening to him. Well, speak. shame on like, you, Lemon. Well, wait a minute. I mean, this guy. We is all running... want the guy to get better. Absolutely. I don't really want him to be in office because I don't agree with his politics. No. He can't do the job, you man. You can't do the job. And I don't think anybody wants to make fun of a guy and, that had a stroke. No, but that's not Dude, to say you've got to point this out. He's running for office. And at some point in time, you may be able to do that, but you can't now. Oh my goodness! Good lord, what is going on? Oh, if you think <laughs> Robbins was going off on this yesterday, <sighs> it ran. The Atlantic ran that piece, oh. calling for pandemic amnesty. Listen yeah. to the perfect response. Straight ahead. Markley Van Camp and Robin Show. Thank you, as always, for being here. Appreciate it. I'm Jamie Markley. That's David Van Camp. There's Scott Robbins. What's he talking about now? Uh, Yeah, Joe Biden, who pledged to get rid of the fossil fuel industry, is now blaming oil companies for not magically lowering gas prices. We're back to this. And now he's saying that they are war profiteering. Record profits. Uh Uh-huh. How much, how much money did they lose again in 2020? Uh, a lot. 20? Okay. I was just trying to figure out again how business works. Anyway, go <laughs> ahead, President Joe. You know, at a time of war, mm. any company receiving historic windfall profits like this has a responsibility to act. But hold on. Are we at war? No, we're not at war. He keeps saying that. It's the second time he said that, or third time. Well, because we actually are. But yeah. they don't want to say it it's just until it's weird advantageous. How we're, we're not at war. I, we've been told that a hundred times, and he says it a lot. Because there are no freaking journalists left to call him out on that. Because they all get to their marching orders. Yeah. Like the little kitties they are. All right, go ahead. To invest in America by increasing production and refining capacity. Because they've ha- they don't want to do that. They, they have the opportunity to do that. 
You know, if they don't, <laughs> they're going to pay a higher tax on their excess profits and face other re restrictions. It's time for these companies to stop war profiteering. I know where I stand, and I want to let you I'm going to hear more from me about this. Oh, goodness gracious. Yeah, you know why they're able to do stock buybacks and uh, emphasize profit margins more than anything else? It's actually because they know that any investment under this administration is pointless. Because no matter how much Joe Biden tries to lie his butt off about not hampering the oil and gas industry, the reality is he has hampered the oil and gas industry when it comes to refining, when it comes to uh, regulations dealing with refiners. You look at the situation in California, which isn't just Joe Biden. I mean, that's the, the state of California as well, where they're down to, what is it, fewer than 10 refineries. And if one of those goes offline, guess what you see? A massive spike in gas prices up and down the coast. And so unless you're willing to go on a deregulation spree, don't blame the oil companies for saying, yeah, we're going to get while the getting's good. We could go on and on about this in different businesses. Mm -hmm. it, it's just nonsense. And I want to let you I'm gonna hear more from me about this. Mm -hmm. Right. Yeah, okay. Outstanding. All right, whatever. Mm -hmm. Hey, everybody ready for the old pandemic amnesty? We'll no, hell no. No and hell no. 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 So, <laughs> So the Atlantic ran a piece yesterday calling for pandemic amnesty. In other words, we need to, you know, come together and realize everyone was scared and in the dark about COVID. Nope. Which to me, it's like the first couple months. Yeah. I can, I can understand that. Nobody None of us knew, knew what to do. No one knew what was going on. It was uncharted territory. Mm -hmm. um, but after that, <laughs> no. No, not but at all. But this dude has a perfect reaction? Yeah, he does. Ross DeVos 2.0 is his handle. All right, let's see. This. Look, 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 look. They want everybody to forget and forgive everything that happened during the pandemic. We were all in the dark. We were all afraid. Like, nah, like that was like we all got kidnapped and put together on an island. And then all of y'all bastards were like, we should eat them. And we're like, what the? F and then now they took us off the island and we're just looking at you on the ride home. Like, and you're like, oh, wasn't that crazy? And we're like, nah, you tried to eat us. <laughs> I didn't kick you out of those stores. I didn't ruin your job. I didn't tell you you couldn't come to the family reunion. I didn't tell you you had to drop dead of a heart attack because you didn't get the jab, so you're not welcome at this hospital. <laughs> That's really good. That's awesome. Oh, the federal government and big tech, it's cozier than we thought. you got to hear this straight ahead. Van Camp and Robin Show. I'm Jamie Markley, the Gen Xer. David Van Camp, the Millennial, the Sexy Boomer. That's Scott Robbins. Okay, this should be a huge story everywhere. Yeah. It's not, but it should be. Yeah, so The Intercept, we mentioned this yesterday, uh, has gotten its hands on years' worth of documents showing just how far the Department of Homeland Security has gone to censor speech they don't like. This really goes back 
at least to 2016 because that I mean that's why the Clinton campaign and uh, you know Clinton supporters in media and politics were talking about how Russian memes stole the election and all this kind of stuff right they they wanted to make sure that they could control a narrative through the world's most read platforms uh, which would be like Facebook and Twitter. Yes. And by extension, also then Google and all the all the social media platforms. So you it, remember, David, because I remember we talked about it every day at the time. Scott was in the hospital with his heart attacks. But remember, the left came up with the term fake news and then Trump took it. Oh, yeah. And owned it. Yeah. It was hilarious. Uh, now, this is part of DHS's overall disinformation crackdown, but it involves big wigs from Microsoft, Facebook, Twitter, other groups gleefully taking marching orders from the feds. Uh, and since Biden took office, there have been monthly meetings to discuss how to tamp down on bad speech. Wow. Now, in, Anything we don't agree with, what do you want us to do? Right. We'll do it. And, and I'm old enough to remember when big tech was very, very resistant to stuff like this. Remember the San Bernardino terror attack? Absolutely. And they couldn't get into the guy's iPhone. And yep. they wanted to force Apple to uh to break into the phone and apple said well no because there's proprietary technology in there and if we create a hole in this technology then everybody's phone security uh, is put into jeopardy so we're not going to do that and they i mean they fought and won and then the federal government actually hired a few hackers to actually crack the code anyway but you know apple just said no we're not going to go along with this because we need to protect information and we need to protect people's speech uh, and boy, how times have changed. Uh, now, Lee Fang is the... Well, that was different. That was a Muslim right. extremist. Right. Yeah. <laughs> right. Lee, Lee Fang now is yeah. the reporter who broke the story, and he was on Tucker Carlson's show last night to kind of expand on, on, on what he found. Yes. And the story shows a couple of things. One, it shows what you just mentioned, a very cozy relationship between the government and these tech giants. Um, there's those monthly meetings that you just mentioned, uh, but also just very cozy emails and, and texts. Um, they're closely collaborating on reports talking about the expanded role for DHS in censoring a really broad uh, collection of, of, of topic areas, of, of, of policy and political topics. And, you know, just broadly speaking, uh, the story also just looks at the mission creep of DHS. This, this is an agency that was founded in the aftermath of 9-11 to combat foreign terror threats of al-Qaeda and the like. Before he goes on, <laughs> it, it is really something, man, because imagine if the roles were reversed on this and it was getting in the way from the left of talking about the things that they want to talk about, and they were being silenced down. Oh, Holy yeah. smokes. And the other thing, real quick, the media, will they report on this much? I'm guessing no, because I'm guessing they get the same type of marching orders. Well, We've heard about emails sent out to media companies. Yeah. Well, and, and it's because it's not even particularly just a liberal or Democratic Party worldview. They feel like they're on a mission to crack down on the perceived and their boogeyman, which is um, the, anyone on the right. Yes. It's like the they, they are playing for keeps. Yes. But I'll let him go on because this is really good, the Department of Homeland Security and what's happened over time. Al-Qaeda and the like. Um, but over the last five years, it's kind of uh, evolved in its mission. It's moved towards fighting disinfo, and their justification is, you know, uh, disinformation radicalizes uh, the homeland. It can lead to disruptions in public health, 
or in political violence. Um, so they, yeah. they, they have a justification. We have these documents, and, and they're pushing forward uh, with this broad uh, censorship agenda. You think about this information. Think about COVID. Think about COVID treatment, vaccines, anything else. The thing I always think about is Joe Rogan with Gupta, the doctor from CNN. Yeah. Why did CNN lie? Why did they lie? He just kept asking him. I, you know, Joe, I, I, don't, I don't know. <laughs> but that's all part of it, man, you know, is the, controlling the narrative. Right, and the weird thing is we celebrate guys like Elon Musk because Elon Musk represents the ability anyway to allow freedom of speech and exchange of ideas on a platform, right? This used to be normal, standard stuff. Now it's a rarity. You go, yes! Free speech, yes. Yes. I mean, because it's been normalized. The whole, you know, throttle back on it or or the whole just snuffing it out completely has been normalized. Well, think about Rogan. Just bringing him up, he just talked about Elon Musk. He's like, the guy's been left his entire life. Yes. It was only in the last five to seven years, about the same time. That this kind of nonsense has been going yes. on. Yeah. You're like, hold on a second. But it's like all of a sudden we get giddy about the fact that we have free speech. Yes. I mean, that says a lot. Well, you take it for granted until it's taken away. Exactly. And you're like, hey, what the? And what? you don't even really know it's taken away sometimes. It's just, well, I better not say that. It's, this, it's the changing of norms. Well, think about Twitter right now. How many different people that are commenting on the platform saying, I'm getting so much more stuff in my feed that I haven't seen in a long time. That's absolutely true. Yes. Because the algorithms have already changed. It's, it's really it's interesting. It's really something. And another sad story out of Chicago. 14 people injured in a drive-by shooting, including three kids. That's city. It's Halloween. What, what was it? A three-year-old? What, eight no. and 11? Jeez. Sorry, three, 11, and 13. Other victims, adults. Looking for the shooter. And then I see, oh, my gosh, talking about the homeless you know, deranged people that, you know, if not killing people, are certainly injuring people badly in a number of different areas. This was a killing. A dad in California and his 22-year-old daughter stabbed to death by this homeless guy. It's just brutal, man. Yeah. They were talking to some of the residents around there going, what is this? Yeah, what is going on? What? Yes. Yeah. And anecdotally, I just happened to see something. Bill Walton, former UCLA great, NBA great. Bill Walton, he's an acquired taste. As a broadcaster, he cracks. I've always liked Bill Walton from his days with the Blazers and everything else. But he did this whole piece from San Diego about how the homeless have taken over. He's like, all these parks, you can't go here. You could be attacked. It's crazy all over the place. Which leads us to CNN, David. Yeah, it turns out they're figuring out crime might be an issue. Yeah, media pundits are finally getting around to the realization that people really care about their personal safety and do not care much for being pushed in front of moving trains. It's weird, right? And that's why Republicans have been talking about crime in almost every race. Uh, yes. CNN's Chris Saliza, who I admit I am embarrassed to say... When he was a Washington Post writer and had, like, one column a week, I thought, yeah. pretty smart guy. Boy, he got exposed from having to do the daily grind, didn't he? 
you're you're not alone. Mm-hmm. You're not alone. We, I mean, we noticed it right away when he yeah. went to CNN. It's like, oh my god, that guy's a hack. This guy's an idiot. And just, it's funny to me because he's saying this on a panel, and everybody is like very soberly, you know, mm-hmm. uh, nodding their eyebrows and saying, "Oh, hmm, yes, that that is a very insightful thing, Chris Saliza." All right. So all of a sudden, the light bulb goes off. Let's yeah. hear this. I want to circle crime. Yeah. Um, because I just before I came on was looking at Gallup polling and the economy is still the issue that is driving most people say that it's the most important factor. But second is crime. And, and it took polling for you to figure it out. You never talked to people. He's miffed, isn't he? Oh, it's, it's what? Uh, How could that? And I'll be? tell you, in June, Gallup didn't even ask about crime. That, that's the, which speaks to it's sort of the dark horse issue. And now, no, look, Republicans look very, Republican strategists look very smart. They have been spending tens of millions of dollars on ads on crime for months now. Uh, defund the police, ending cash bail. I was watching the Georgia se- uh, governor debate last night. I know I'm a little nerdy. I was watching the Georgia governor debate. And Brian Kemp used that against Stacey Abrams in a, in a governor's race, of right? Course. Which is a little odd. But um, that issue, uh, people are worried. What planet are you on, yeah. dude? What, what is odd about that? Yeah, I don't. I don't know, because, I mean, the, the whole controversy with Stacey Abrams is that she was part of a group that pushed for defunding the police. That's what Brian, what Governor Kemp was talking about. Yes. So it's not very odd. And also, he says, yeah, I'm a bit of a nerd because I watched the governor's debate. Dude, you're a political analyst. That's, that's kind of your job, right? <laughs> if, yeah. you're, if you're one of the chief political correspondents for a, a major cable news network in America— yeah, I would hope that you'd be watching those types of things. Well, who thinks crime is a dark horse issue? Idiots. The political analyst <laughs> from CNN. Yeah, that's unbelievable. It's, it's people who who really only talk to like-minded people. Oh god. For whom crime is not actually that big of a deal because they live in, you know, high-rise uh condos, places that aren't necessarily affected by or in neighborhoods that are not necessarily affected by Gated. rising crime. Yes. Oh, by the way, real quick, since uh, they brought up the Georgia race. In Georgia, Raphael Warnock mm-hmm. oh, he's going up against Herschel Walker. Right. By the way, as far as the left is concerned, watch out for Herschel Walker. A lot of concussions. Mm-hmm. Might not be mentally oh, yeah. fit. John Fetterman, great. <laughs> Fine. Perfect. No problem. Okay. Uh, there's a report that says uh, the good Reverend Warnock diverted campaign funds to pay child care expenses. Oops. Hmm. According to the filing, spent a total of $61,959 for items listed as child care. Hmm. Organization called Bright Start Nanny Service. That doesn't look very good for him, does it? No. Uh, no. No. But again, we're, <laughs> we're supposed to think that if there is a couple of gotchas with some women from Herschel Walker's past that bring up, hey, he paid for an abortion that all of a sudden the people that are pro-life in Georgia would say, oh, you know what, well, we can't vote for him, then we'll vote for the guy that's for abortion now, yes. Raphael Warnock. Who was a minister. <laughs> and he ran over his wife. Yeah. <laughs> right. He's a minister. Yeah. Bible believer. That's right. Let's put him on the stand for being a Christian man. Let's see if he's yeah. convicted. I'm I'm having my guess that he might yeah. not make it there. Who knows? But I'm not the judge. That's not no, my no, gig. Not your job. But they will show by their fruits. <laughs> oh, good luck, Raphael.
Somebody else paid for his, too. Okay. Oh, man, we got to talk about the Supreme Court and affirmative action. Controversy's coming, kids. That's next. Van Camp and Robbins show. Jamie Markley, David Van Camp, Scott Robbins. And so much going on before the midterms. And then you have the Supreme Court. Well, first of all, they blocked Democrats from getting Trump's tax records temporarily. Freakouts on there. It is amazing that that's still going on. I know. I thought that too. I didn't, as a matter of fact, I didn't, I didn't even know it was still they, going they've on. They've been on this quest for seven years. Yeah. Yes. Well, the, their worst fear, even more so, I think, than DeSantis, is Trump being president again. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Would you agree? Oh, yeah, I think so. So, yeah, I don't, I don't think any of that stuff is going to end anytime soon. And then you have, well, the Supreme Court looking at affirmative action. And I don't know if you heard much about what the debate was like yesterday, the question, answer, yeah. the lawyers presenting their cases, because you have... North Carolina University or University of North Carolina and Harvard are both in this. Mm-hmm. Obviously, one public, one not. But it's sort of the same thing in that, you know, Asian Americans in college admissions, it's been unfair for a while. So they are talking about these different studies, and it concluded that Asians required an SAT score approximately 140 points higher than white applicants, 270 points higher than Hispanic applicants, and 450 points higher than black applicants. That doesn't seem like equity to me. No. And, the yeah, so, so the arguments and the conservative justices were really skeptical of the arguments in favor of keeping something like this race-based admissions yes. on the books because they say, well— you know, affirmative action's been in place for several years, and if there is still this massive inequality in overall society, then obviously this is not the remedy. Obviously it's not working, and, and meanwhile we're disadvantaging other people at the same time. Well, Clarence Thomas was talking about it, saying, hey, I didn't go to some place that was all about equity. Mm-hmm. Okay? It was built on merit. That's what it should be. I mean, it's fine if you want to do some diversity stuff, but what has to be number one is academic achievement. That has to be what, you know, what gets you in or not, Mm -hmm. not the color of skin. And it's so interesting, man, because you compare this to athletics and no one agrees in the athletic world about affirmative action when it comes to basketball. And I don't think there should be. I don't either. No. Absolutely no, you not. want the oh, best players. The best players get get the scholarships and the opportunities. Yes. I, I, I think there should be some equity there in the NBA. It's about time they had a dumpy white guy under six feet uh, playing center in the uh, in the NBA. Wouldn't it be funny if they I'm expanded the rosters and you must include one dumpy white guy? Yes, under six feet tall. Wait a second. Hold <laughs> yeah. on a second. What? Now, that's not race. Are you talking about a weight thing, too? Have you got to be dumpy? Well, I, I am a person of size. I think they have to be yes. at least so, so much overweight. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. And they get, they get at least six minutes every month on the floor. There you go. Every month, every game. 
Well, I don't want the guy to die of a heart attack. <laughs> <laughs> we'll see where this goes. You know who they're saying it's going to come down to? Mm-hmm. It, the predictions? It's going to come down to one justice because you got your three female liberals and Roberts will go with them. And then you have your conservatives. And it's going to come down to Amy Coney Barrett. Probably will. Well, I think um, Ketanji Brown-Jackson is actually recused from this case because... She is. Yeah, because yeah. she, she has a relationship with Harvard. Kamala Harris breaks the tie. <laughs> <laughs> By the way, speaking of dumpy, did you see this little piece of research that says just two minutes of exercise a day can help you live longer? Wow, good. That was University of Sydney. I sp- What are you talking about, though? Two minutes of exercise a day help you live longer. What, what a day and a half longer? Over yeah, 40 right. years? How much That could be a really profound day, though. <laughs> <laughs> you never know. Are you getting your two minutes? I'm getting two minutes at least. A, a day? Yeah, at least. Hitting your goals? Yeah. All right. I'll hold you to it. This is the Mark Van Camp and Robin Show. Are you ready? Jamie Markley, David Van Camp, and Scott Robbins. We just become best friends. Yep. Making sense of it all. Now I get it. And having some fun. Lighten up, Francis. This is the Markley, Van Camp, and Robbins Show. All right. The Markley, Van Camp, and Robbins Show. Jamie Markley, David Van Camp, Scott Robbins. Hey, good news. Gas price is going to go down. Oh, yeah? President said he's had enough. Oh, yeah. come on. Yeah. yeah Joe, <laughs> Joe Biden. I love it when these guys do this stompy foot stuff. Like, whatever. So Joe Biden, who said, yeah, we're going to get rid of oil. We're going to, yeah, we're, that, that's the, that's the, buy an electric car, you unwashed masses, okay? Uh, he's wanting to get rid of the fossil fuel industry. Stated it on the campaign trail. He's now blaming oil companies for not somehow magically lowering gas prices and so he went after the huge profits that major companies uh, have made and uh, here we he's go. putting his foot down yeah he is okay and, and here's why this here's why this matters i think it's outrageous ah. what they're the, the, the size of the profit wow. here's why it matters these companies were making average profits they've been making by refining oil over the last 20 years yeah. instead of the outrageous profits they're making today yeah. and if they passed the rest on to the consumers the price of gas would come down around an additional 50 cents. Okay, hold on a second. Yeah. <laughs> Listen, I'm not a part of the oil industry. I'm not a lobbyist. Okay, I'm just trying to make sense of it all. They lost a lot of money over the last couple of years. Oh, yeah, they did. Okay. And now you have, you know, not only Biden, but the rest of the world saying, we're done, done with fossil fuels. Okay? So to invest money... And do something that's not going to pay back would be stupid as far as a business is concerned. I'm just your regular jamoke trying to figure it out, right? Mm -hmm. Well, when you know that the state of California is not going to be allowing the sale of new cars in the next Mm -hmm. uh, less than a decade and a half um, of new gas-powered cars, I mean, um, then, yeah, the oil industry is probably looking around and saying, all right, well, the direction is that uh, we better make our money while we can. Right. And I'm thinking in the future, it's almost like saying to car companies, okay, all of a sudden you have, but man, we got a shortage of lithium and cobalt, and we don't have enough batteries for the electric cars. 
hey, car industry, start making some gas-powered cars. Right. Record profits. <laughs> well, why, why do I want to put all the investment back into that when it's going to be dead? It doesn't make any sense, but go ahead, Joe. You'll be gone by then. If they're investing their profits in historic, at historic rates in their U.S. operations, then America would be producing more oil today. Prices would be down even further. Dude, but rather than increase- it could have been that way if you didn't do what you did after you took office. But rather than increasing their investments in America or giving American consumers a break, their excess profits are going back to their shareholders and they're buying back their stock so the executive pays are going to skyrocket. Give me a break. Enough is enough. Dark Brandon is back fighting oil companies. <laughs> I don't know, man. Think about all that money for the war in Ukraine. Did people vote on that? No. Nope. No, they did not. Certainly did not. He's... These guys. The record profits over here. You got to do what I say. Okay, whatever, man. You're you're desperate. Midterms are next week. It's too late. You tried the oil companies. You tried the gas stations. The, the gas station. All they got to do is just change the price tag. Mm -hmm. That's it. That's it. That's all they got to do. That didn't work. It's been one thing after another after another, and now it is. You know what? You may be worried about the economy right now. But democracy is at stake right now. If you vote for the Republicans, we're going to lose our democracy. They never explain quite how. No. But that's what they're saying, because we got election deniers. <laughs> right. Okay. Now, sure, there are a lot of Democrats that put up or even tried to put up a legal fight with the outcome of elections. But that's because we're the good guys and that they're the evil guys. So you just need to know election deniers. Well, they're they running had, for office. They had a point to their argument. They did? Well, of course not. Oh. Because they're on the good side, right? Right, right. <laughs> right. Yes. 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 Okay. Just making sure. So now we have this issue of, you know, crime. That's suddenly become a big deal we're finding out from legacy media. And you know... Who is fomenting violence? It's the Republicans. Yeah, that's what we're told. Uh, this is crazy. So CNN was breaking down the latest developments on the Paul Pelosi attack. And one Republican strategist simply said, well, when you're talking about political violence, it's not just Republicans here. Um, and I, I would argue that the analyst in this case actually went or didn't go far enough. Because when you look at especially the last several years, who's been the one going out and rioting most often? It's been the left. Of course. And that but, was a justified cause. <laughs> well, it was. Yeah, I mean, when Antifa was trying to right. burn down Portland, uh, we got told one of two things. Either Antifa doesn't exist. Right. Or, well, it's anti-fascism. Okay. That's <laughs> in the see, name. Okay. You could see the pain in their so, eye holes. So that subway restaurant that they smashed the windows out of? <laughs> yeah. yeah. Well, yeah. that was yeah. for anti fascism or something right right so that's okay. how they whitewash the whole thing now cnn's victor blackwell gave one of the weakest takes you'll ever hear in response to that okay when you say both sides it is the republican party many many of them in leadership who are telling their voters that your election was stolen that that is not true it is republicans who are telling and not Hold on a second I mean, am i missing something what? who keeps saying the election was stolen Outside of Trump. 
Didn't he just say Republicans are out there telling their voters yeah. that the election was stolen? Most people have sort of moved on. Yeah, they, they don't want it to happen again. In a lot of different states, they're saying, hey, there was some nefarious crap going on here. Here's what happened. Yeah. You think about Pennsylvania, Wisconsin. It's been proven. But outside of that, is anybody saying, you need to go out in the streets? If so, I'm not on that email list. I'm not, <laughs> I'm not getting the memo. I'm just telling you. It is Republicans who are telling, and not all Republicans, I'm saying there's some on the fringe, but it's moved to the center, the QAnon conspiracies, that there are Democratic leaders who are uh, leading circles or, or uh, 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 abusing children, drinking blood. That Demo- Okay, hold on. I've never heard the drinking blood thing. Abusing I've, children? Have, well, I've, you all do that every day. You're, tra- the, you're trying to confuse children in yeah, school well, what right. sex they are. You I've, are doing that. I've heard the drinking blood theory, yeah. but again... But, oh, I haven't heard that. It came from the left. Oh. So, accusing the right of. Well, no. I, I, no, in fairness, I mean, that is the obscure online QAnon stuff about, like, child sacrifice and all this crazy stuff. <laughs> but, again, I think this conversation that's happening right now just proves the point that we've been making for a while is that liberals seem to know a lot more about QAnon than damn near every conservative I know. So <laughs> you know what? when you say that, that's really true. I mean, so, and so they act like this QAnon thing is this huge influence on conservative voters, on Republican lawmakers, and it isn't. Well, no, man. So they just make it up. <laughs> like a lot of different things. Yeah! <laughs> Oh, that, yes, we we give voice to the QAnon shaman on this show too often, apparently, by playing that clip. It makes me laugh. I can't can't help it. Go ahead. Go ahead, Victor Blackwell. That Democrats hate God, hate the country. When you say this happens on both sides, you have to consider what this man said, why he was there, who told him that he was fighting against tyranny. Many of the people who are on the ballot on the Republican ticket. Hold on a second. Who is he talking about? He's talking about the dude who attacked uh, uh, Paul Pelosi. Okay. Do you know what reference he's making there? Like, who told him what? Uh, well, he said apparently to the to the officers when he was interviewed that he was uh, fighting against tyranny, and that's why he wanted to like break Nancy Pelosi's kneecaps if she lied oh. to him. When when anyway, yeah. So he says that, but I don't know. I, I one of the reasons why I think it's such a weak take to go down that road is well, the president of the United States a couple months ago went out in front of the country and said, "I'm a fascist." That's true. And he said, and it wasn't just limited to extreme MAGA Republicans. He was talking about pro-life Republicans. He conflated all of that. Anybody who uh, would vote for a Republican, this is what his message was, is that you are a fascist. He called more than half the country fascist. So that's not some obscure message board online. I got word that there's a family member not coming to uh, our Thanksgiving get-together because... She thinks that I'm a neo-Nazi, neo-Nazi white supremacist, Christo-fascist. Well, you are, but... And she's sitting... Right. It's, it's like, I'm just sitting here going, like, I'm not, I'm, I'm, I'm not really even religious, so I don't know what you're talking about. But in their world, you are. Right. And, they, and, and so they have... Uh, so this is a mainstream idea that Democrats have put out, that their political enemies are fascists and evil and violence that comes down on them is justified that's not something that popped up on a little message blog somewhere or a chat room or whatever online 
And at the end of the day, again, sorry, there is nobody who is thinking about when they craft political messaging, who is thinking about a crazy nudist guy in San Francisco who hears things from a fairy spirit that comes to him in the shape of a bird. Okay? Stop. But legalized drugs, say the left. Right. And, and, and again, in this case, when you talk about both sides, dude, it's just baked into the Democratic Party platform that anyone who doesn't vote for them is a fascist and wants to end democracy in America. The president yes. said it. So well, up yours, man. <laughs> okay, a couple things. First of all, switching gears. I don't know if you saw this was a CBS News battleground tracker poll. Um, Republicans, this is the headline, head into final week with lead in seats. Voters feel things are out of control. What? How many? Eight out of ten likely voters describe things in the country today as out of control as opposed to under control. Okay? That's not just Republicans. That's Democrats, too. Not all, but a number of them. And as far as Blackwell... That Democrats hate God, hate the country. You act like it. You do. Think about what you're trying to do to kids. Well, what am I supposed to think? It's a bunch of anti-God stuff I mean, all I, over the place. What am I supposed to think? Absolutely. He was, man. Well, you, have, you have the transportation... You stand for this, this, and this. Yes. You have the transportation secretary going out there and saying that even down to our roads, America is a fundamentally racist and terrible place. Yes. Mm-hmm. They do. They hate pretty much everything well, about it. Well, when you're on the white supremacist highway in your head. <laughs> <laughs> it's highway KKK. Yeah. Jeez. <laughs> yeah. <Jeez>. Exit. <laughs> oh, and just a little quick update on something. Just so you know, as far as the climate nuts gluing themselves to stuff, that hasn't stopped yet. Good. The latest was in Germany. You had two women super glue themselves to handrails in front of a display that feature a large four-legged dinosaur. Okay. Okay. So they wanted to. What was that all about? Fossil fuels? Please tell me it was. <laughs> Unlike the dinosaurs, we hold our fate in our own hands. Do we want to go extinct like the dinosaurs or do we want to survive? The dinosaurs became extinct because they couldn't withstand the massive climate change. Yes! <laughs> yes, I knew it! Yes! <laughs> all right! <laughs> and these two women climate activists, Scott, because I know you're wondering. Yeah. Look exactly the way you think they would look. That's right. Malnourished. <laughs> no, no. Overnourished. More like that woman the day Trump was sworn in. No! <laughs> Shanghai Disney got people trapped in the park. Got to get to that much more coming up. Markley, Van Camp, and Robbins show. Jamie Markley, David Van Camp, Scott Robbins. Okay, uh, COVID. A lot of different stories going on about COVID. You know, Rochelle Walensky, CDC director, she got it again. Yeah, again. Yeah. Wow. She's a target for it. Yeah, she got it after getting her Omicron-specific booster and then got Paxlovid. And we've heard this over and over again. If you take Paxlovid, it really doesn't cure anything. You, You wind up getting the old rebound. Yes. Well, it keeps you out of the hospital and keeps you from dying, David. Right, but 
But in Trust him. most people's estimation, that shows that the drug doesn't really work. If it, if you get, if you still have COVID on the other side of it, and you're still sick, and you get sick again, then it doesn't yeah. work. Science denier. <laughs> okay. By the way, did you also see the different studies? People have come out with it now as far as this, the new booster. Yeah. It's it's not working as good as the old booster right. for the new wave. Right. You can't even make this up, man. Meet the new boss. Same, Same as, as the, the old boss. Worse than the old yeah, boss, yeah. Like, hey, apparently. But right. if you criticize him, you're a, you're a science denier. That'd be like, Correct. That's right. Oh, you if, want people dead. If, you if know GM that. started making airbags out of machetes and you said, I don't like that idea, <laughs> <laughs> safety denier. <laughs> so now, <laughs> Shanghai, you know, they got Disney over there. They've uh, shut down a lot of stuff, and actually they shut down Disney. Thing is, the people that were visiting Disney, they didn't give them a chance to get out. You're <laughs> they, staying right here. They were literally Shanghai'd. That's yes, crazy. Yes, they were. I mean, I'm reading this story. I'm like, holy smokes. See, they, they won't let people leave the park, come in or out of the location, until they had received test results that said you are negative. Wow. So they had to be tested three times within three days. Amusement rides kept going for people who were trapped in the park during the shutdown. According to people on social media, the story reads, Mm -hmm. per CNBC, uh, earlier in the year, the resort was shut down for more than three months when the city closed down due to COVID. Uh, The spokesperson from the Disney Resort said the location was still carrying out, quote, limited offerings and complying with rules from Chinese health officials. I bet they were. Yeah, big corn dogs for lunch and dinner, <laughs> along with lemon shake-ups every meal. My goodness, man. <laughs> God, it's a small world after all. I knew you were going to start singing that. It's I just a, let you I sing just, along. Go ahead. <laughs> Imagine you get stuck on this ride for uh, two months, huh? No, please. Okay. All you see yeah. is the, the camera pulls away as the guy holding his ears going, ah! <laughs> oh, my goodness. Okay. It reminded me of that one time I went to Disney right before I quit smoking. And they still had the smoking section. Oh, I could go yeah. over there just <laughs> with all the other dirty smokers. Yeah. Just chaining them. Yeah. It's like the ash never fell. <laughs> <laughs> so yesterday, the Supreme Court, and they're... <laughs> Talking about affirmative action, and someone was making the point. It was one of the uh, defenders, and instead of said, you know, Hispanics, it was Latin X. <laughs> Did you see? No. Another report: one percent of Hispanics prefer the so-called gender-neutral term Latinx, but they won't stop using it. <laughs> this is the Markley Van Camp and Robin Show. All right, David. Biggest story today. What would you say it is? Man, there there are uh, quite a few. I mean, where do you want to start? You got Joe Biden saying that uh, oil companies are war profiteering right now, and that's why you're paying so much at the pump. <laughs> okay. Okay, yeah, it's everybody's fault. It's President Bystander again. Everything just happens to him, not mm-hmm. as a result of him. And then, of course, we're getting the smoking hot takes over the Paul Pelosi attack, uh, where everyone from Fox News host to Donald Trump to your grandma who shares Facebook memes that are untoward or uncouth is to blame. For a crazy person attacking populists. Right. Have a time. Okay. Okay. Well, you know who the governor of California blamed for this? You won't believe it. 
you won't believe it. There's that much more coming up. Van Camp and Robin Show. <laughs> I'm Jamie Markley, the Gen Xer, the Millennial David Van Camp, uh-huh. the Sexy Boomer, Mr. Shenanigans, <laughs> yes. Scott Robbins. Okay, Gavin Newsom blamed who for the yeah. Paul Pelosi attack? Fox News host Jesse Waters. Jesse Waters? Yeah. Why Jesse? <laughs> so, uh, oh my God. Blame Jesse Waters for the attack on. The husband of House Speaker Nancy Pelosi. This was on CBS. All right, roll it. I've seen the dehumanization of Nancy Pelosi. I don't think anyone's been dehumanized like she has consistently. Oh, my gosh. (laughs) Oh, my gosh. Dude. Yeah. Do you remember when Trump was president way back when? Do you you remember what the president has literally said about people who voted for Trump? Oh, yeah. American citizens. That they're fascists. Yes. Unbelievable. Okay, go ahead, Gavin. I mean, I watched this one guy, was it Jesse Waters or something on Fox News? What he's been saying about Paul Pelosi the last five, six months? Mocking him consistently? Don't tell me that's not aiding and betting all this. Of course it is. Because he reported on his DUI? Because he got a DUI, and Jesse Waters, who is a smart aleck, made jokes about it. That is not... Again, the person who attacked Paul Pelosi is a insane person he is a crazy person who believed that there was some fairy spirit talking to him in the form of a bird if i say that a lot it's because i think that point needs to be reiterated as many times as possible as democrats and their enablers in the media uh try to make this about some meta narrative about conservative thought like no this was a crazy person because drug-addled nudist living in a bus is not enough. Who talked to invisible birds. You have to have the talking to invisible birds right. to send it over the edge. <laughs> yeah. I mean, come on. Well. He was, was he sitting there going, hey, you know, Jesse Waters is making fun of that guy for getting popped for a Dewey. Uh, I guess I'm going to go ahead and uh, try to break his wife's kneecaps. <laughs> no, that's not how that works. <laughs> come on. And then, you know, to Scott's point, Here's just a it's a quick little montage of how people talked about Donald Trump for years. Okay. You want to get to this now? Yeah. We're not even through the we're not even through the rest of the the Newsom thing yet. Yeah, get then get to the rest of the Newsom thing. (laughs) Okay, okay. There's someone that sees a creating a culture and a climate like this. I mean it's it's look online. Look at the sewage that is online that they amplify on these networks and in social media to dehumanize people like Nancy Pelosi and other political leaders. Do you remember the Supreme Court justices with right. all the crap going on outside their homes? That's, Do you remember any of this? That the White House encouraged. Yes. Holy yep. cow, it's man. gaslighting, 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 gaslighting. Okay. Over and over again. And now... 
the Van Camp montage. Donald Trump is a brain-eating disease. It was not just the racial, I mean, the, I should say racial, the Hitlerian. Hitler, Hitler. Adolf Hitler. Hitler, 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 Hitler. Outside of the Civil War, World War II, and including 9-11, this may be the most cataclysmic event the country's ever seen. It's just the existence of Donald Trump as president. Yes. He's a well, brain-eating I- disease. Nancy Pelosi was one of the chief antagonists to dehumanize him. Yes. I mean, that's true. Yeah, she said he's not man enough to show up. Remember that? to the Dude, okay. Now that you bring that up. That was among up. other things, right? Yeah. Okay. I'm going to bring it up now. And this isn't dunking on anybody. But has anyone else had this thought as all of this has gone on and you hear these, gosh, man, these people in media and on the left talking about the rhetoric. Oh, my God. The rhetoric going on, the violence. Oh, yeah. They just spew hate, blah, 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 blah. We just had the clip within the last few weeks of Pelosi saying, yes, I would have punched Trump. I wanted to punch him. Oh, yeah. None of us took it serious because, are you kidding me? No one takes that serious. Frail lady, you ain't going to punch anybody. If you do, you'll break your wrist. Mm -hmm. But you're telling me this woman. I would come to him and punch him out. And then my mom, I would pay to see that. I'm waiting for this. I would pay to see For trespassing on the Capitol grounds. I'm going to punch him out. I'm going to go to jail. I'm going to be happy. She'd be happy because she'd go to jail and she'd punch him. Oh, the violent rhetoric has got to stop (laughs) it. Give me a break. Shove it. Yeah. Little bird told me to go see a hockey game after that. <laughs> <laughs> I was okay. These people embarrass themselves to no end. They do it every. They do it all the time. That's. I find that so funny. The hateful rhetoric. It's it's amazing. And they're championing. Did you see the spirit of Nancy Pelosi? She would have punched him. Okay. But it, now, yeah. I, okay. Whatever. Uh, let's move on to the Pennsylvania race. That's a big one for the Senate. Oh, yeah, and it is. John Fetterman, he's out there. I think there's a little bit of desperation now because they figure, well, he did the debate. Uh, people know now There's he's really not right. Yeah. Uh, so we're going to go after the, I mean, I hate to say it, but it's true, the sympathy vote. Mm-hmm. Is that what they're going after? Oh, I, I think probably there's that. But, you know, aside from the fact that the guy can't process language, no, and or speak, and who knows what else he's got going on uh, between his ears. Um, besides that, the guy has some truly reprehensible uh, policies or policy preferences, including things like cashless bail and 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 giving criminals more rights than the people that are victimized. Um, but also on energy production, because he's a lefty, he's a Bernie bro. Uh, mm-hmm. And he's been all over the place on fracking. So he supported environmental regulations in 2016, but actually said they didn't go far enough. And in 2018 said, yeah, we got to ban fracking. Yes, he said it. But now he says it's a no-brainer to go with fracking because we have an energy crisis. So he's asked to explain all that this morning on CNN. Roll it. Environmental protections, those environmental protections were put in place in 2016. So what has changed since, since 2018 when you said that you didn't support it? Yeah, no, they, 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 they were all part of, of, of that. And I also want to point out that in 2017, um, I was actually very supportive of fracking directly across the street from where I live as well, too. I've never taken any, any money from the industry, and I believe it's— uh, Hold on a second, man. The question was what changed. Yeah, right. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I mean, you people are famous for evolving on crap. 
right. to fit, you know, whatever need you have at the time. You're not going to go with that take. You know, I've always believed that it's it's a very environmental uh, concerns, and it's also very critical from uh, uh, energy independence as, as well. And it's it's part of supporting fracking. And now that we are doing it in a more uh, or in a stronger environmental kinds of of regulations. Okay. All right. Just stop. What do you mean, just stop? None of that made any sense. No. To be fair to Fetterman, for a lot of these people, if you ask them the question, they're not going to answer the question. No. They're just better at giving you an answer that you might think got answered when it didn't. But, yeah, that's all over the place. No. Holy cow, man. No, he can't do it. And then what was it, David, after the interview? He said what? Don Lemon, who did the interview, oh, said... Yeah. Well, people need to have a little bit more empathy when judging him. And it's like, dude, no, he has not been transparent about what's going on with his health. If he's just a regular run-of-the-mill citizen, it's none of our business. But this is a guy who will be uh, in a very exclusive club if he were to ascend to the United States Senate who dictates policy for every American. So it is important to know, can he actually do the job? Because right now his brain seems shot. Yes. My gosh. Not to mention he wants to let a lot of criminals out of jail. Yes, said that. He did but say that? Beyond his crappy policies. No, the guy, clearly. Well, no, he's... <laughs> okay, you know what? Update. Update on this question that I asked before. With Fetterman. Okay? Yep. He's Republican. He's a deciding vote. It's going to go one way or the other. We're right at 50-50. He's a Republican. In your state... Are you voting for him? I can tell you right now, I want... No, I wouldn't. Really? I would, I would abstain. I wouldn't vote for anyone. I'd leave that blank on my ballot. So you would let the Democrats... I wouldn't vote for the Democrat. Have... I'm not going to vote for a guy who can't put his sentence together, that can't tie his shoes. I can't do that. Which means, then, the Democrats would run the Senate. Well, then I blame the Republicans. What are you running that guy for? What are you doing? Okay. David? Oh, I'm voting for him. Yeah, I would too. No, I don't. I mean, I, I no, I'm look. If, if I'm just calling were, myself a hypocrite. Yeah. That's all right. I'm the only one that isn't. I guess that. Huh? Well, you're a liar. <laughs> See? See? <laughs> yeah. No, you know not, you are. You're not a hypocrite. You're a liar. That's much no, better. I, and I don't. I don't. <laughs> said this before. I, I don't. I don't blame any Democrat, any registered Democrat, who's with the party and believes the Democratic Party has the best vision for America or whatever. I think they're wrong, but I don't blame anyone for voting for John Fetterman, who is the equivalent of well, what Scott always says about the presidential race, is that when it comes to whoever versus Joe Biden, he would vote for a potted plant. Well, essentially, John yeah. Fetterman is a potted plant. Mm. He is. I mean, I think the difference is this. There are a lot, you know this, there are a lot of people that are going to vote, you know, for a candidate and sometimes that's on personality. It's on do I think they can do the job or whatever's important as far as issues right now. You know, a lot of the independents, they go back and forth. To me, there I mean, it's not even close to who you would pick between him and Oz. You yeah. got to go with Oz on that. Yeah. But, you I, know. But you wouldn't. You'd stay out. So, I, you, I so you'd vote I've for I've everybody else. Before. And when it came to that one, you'd I've, leave it blank? I've done it before. You'd leave it blank. I would vote for no one. I call BS. Because no one would be better. Man, if they just had no a chair one. there. 
no one is not an option, Scott. I know that. I know that, David. I know that. In my lying world s- that I live in, though. I'm, I'm so glad that I brought that up. <laughs> so am I. I. Really am. Okay. I haven't been called a liar since, well. What, yesterday? Yeah, probably. Day before. I maybe. didn't call you a liar. No, you didn't. You know, whenever you have things that are going wrong in a country, and we've done this before, you take a step back and you say, you know what? I'm still glad to live in this country as opposed to a lot of other places you can oh, be yeah. living. And when I saw this headline from the New York Post, um, I was thankful again. Dog caught running with decapitated head in mouth through Mexican town. Oh. Holy smokes! Woo. Oh, my God. Whoa! Whoa! Yeah. A dog caught on video in David Zacatacas, Mexico. Sure. Yeah. Running down the street with a human head hanging out of its mouth. I'll just read from the story. Alarming video clips shared to social media show the stray dog running down a dark street at night, holding the corpse's head by the neck, likely taking it somewhere to... Mm, Enjoy yeah. dinner? Yeah, yeah, well, yeah. Mm-hmm. Golly. It's a heck of a chew toy, man. Brains. Uh, apparently, the head and the other body parts were abandoned in an automatic teller booth in the town of Monte Escobedo. Um, that's what an unnamed law enforcement official told Fox News. The body parts had been left with a message referring to a drug cartel. The message, which was likely intended to intimidate rivals and authorities, was intercepted by the mischievous canine before police were able to recover it. You see her walking out of a hardware store, a dog runs by. Steve, hey, <laughs> running with the dog. Golly. And now it's, it makes no sense because whenever anything's gruesome ah, or bad, yeah. the comedy is just my, that's the way I no, deal with things. It's the go-to, right? You have to. And it's like Dumb and Dumber comes into my head. We got no food. We got no jobs. Our pets have that's human a- heads coming out of their mouth. <laughs> Sheepers. It's- Jeez. I think that is an effective intimidation technique, though. Oh, are you kidding me? (laughs) Yeah, right. Okay, whatever you need, cartel. I got the message. What do you got, boy? Come here. Ah! (laughs) Okay. Our federal government and big tech in concert together. The proof straight ahead. Show. Jamie Markley, David Van Camp, Scott Robbins. It's a big story, David. Well, yeah, it is. Uh, the Intercept got its hands on years worth of documents showing just how far DHS has gone in uh, combating disinformation, which is really just trying to cr- uh, craft reality through social media. Um, and, you know, it's part of this disinformation crackdown. It involves the CEOs or content moderator chiefs uh, from Microsoft, Facebook, Twitter, et cetera. And these groups have been meeting monthly uh, since Biden took office. And there's been this really free flow of information between the federal government and people who are providing 
these services and supporting these platforms about what is good and what is bad speech. I mean, Facebook even went as far as to have a special little portal for the government to say, hey, we don't like that account. Unreal, man. I know. You know yeah. what's even scary to me? From your generation, David, and then below? Yeah. There are enough people that think, well, this is a good thing because yeah. we need that evil speech shut down. Well, and and that's why it's not a bigger story in mainstream wow. media. Wow. And this was Lee Fang from The Intercept. Mm-hmm talking to Tucker last night. And the story shows a couple of things. One, it shows what you just mentioned, a very cozy relationship between the government and these tech giants. Um, there's those monthly meetings that you just mentioned, uh, but also just very cozy emails and, and texts. Um, they're closely collaborating on reports talking about the expanded role for DHS in censoring a really broad uh, collection of, of, of topic areas, of, of, of policy and political topics. Department of Homeland Security. Pay attention to the border. What are you doing? But I know it's all by design. Mm -hmm. But if you're just looking at it like a sane person, to say you're supposed to protect the border, Mayorkas, that guy's going to get impeached. I can't wait. Holy smokes, man. Lee Fang goes on. And, you know, just broadly speaking, uh, the story also just looks at the mission creep of DHS. This, this is an agency that was founded in the aftermath of 9-11 to combat foreign terror threats of al-Qaeda and the like. Um, but over the last five years, it's kind of uh, evolved in its mission. It's moved towards fighting disinfo, and their justification is, you know, uh, disinformation radicalizes uh, the homeland. It can lead to disruptions in public health or in political violence. Um, so they, they, yeah. they have a justification. We have these documents, wow. and, and they're pushing forward uh, with this broad uh, censorship agenda. Unreal. Golly. Something else not a surprise. Very few Democratic candidates want Biden or Kamala to campaign with them. Uh, well, <laughs> it's so dark. they want to win. <laughs> this is the Markley Van Camp and Robin Show. Jamie Markley, David Van Camp, and Scott Robbins. We just become best friends. Yep. Making sense of it all. Now I get it. And having some fun. Lighten up, Francis. This is the Markley, Van Camp, and Robbins Show. The Markley, Van Camp, and Robbins Show. Jamie Markley, David Van Camp, Scott Robbins. Okay, so the left, along with the media, are out there saying, okay, we had this nudist, drug-addled person attack Nancy Pelosi's mm-hmm. husband. You better vote Democrat or we're going to have violence everywhere. Right. And they're, they're actively act, asking you to forget that they supported the widespread rioting that happened in 2020. Well, yeah, that was for a just cause, though. <laughs> was different yeah okay mm-hmm. uh yeah democrats are still out there blaming republicans for that crazy person who talked to an imaginary bird to get ideas uh who wound up attacking the husband of house speaker nancy pelosi and joe biden did comment on it he was asked about it and here's what he had to say okay you know it's one thing to condemn the violence but you can't condemn the violence unless you condemn those people who continue to argue the election was not real that is being stolen. Oh my gosh. What? (laughs) 
Is this what they're saying this guy was all about? Yes. He had, the, the election was unfair, so I'm going to take a hammer. Mm-hmm. Yes. And tie up Pelosi and break her kneecaps, and that's what I'm going to do. Stop <laughs> the hammering. Oh, stop it, Lawrence <laughs> O'Donnell. Out of context clip. <laughs> so we're supposed to take this narrative now, right? Yes. Okay. Goodness gracious. That is being stolen. That all the all the malarkey that's being put out there to undermine democracy. You can't just apologize and say the violence. It affects people's mentality. It affects how people think. You people denied Trump for years. The Russians somehow what, kidnapped people and brainwashed them to vote mm-hmm. for Trump? How did they do it? How did the Russians do it? Did they rig the machine? They did it. Somehow yeah. they did it. Hillary Clinton to this day still says it. Yeah, well, I, don't forget the vice president, when she was still a senator, actually talked about how you could manipulate and change votes using voting machines. Oh, that's right. I mean, She they, did say that. She was talking about this is a serious issue that Congress needs to really look at. That was just a few years ago. So to act yes, like... Yes, because freedom needs to be protected right. and blessed. Freedom! <laughs> right. right. God, it makes me sick to my stomach every time I hear it. <laughs> it's like there's phony and then there's like super phony. Yes. Then there's like hyper phony. That is... Yeah. Okay. She's terrible. By the way... There, there's so many unanswered questions about this entire case with Paul Pelosi. I don't imagine we're going to get answers anytime soon. But we're to believe with all of this, there is no security set up at that house. Yeah. There's no security system. Yeah, that's weird. You can break glass at that house, and it doesn't trigger anything. Hmm. How, in the, how is that possible? Yeah, you, you can't do that at my house. Mine either. <laughs> That's why I have cats. <laughs> you have attack cats. Yes, that's right. <laughs> There's too much of this that doesn't make sense. No, you're I'm right. not accusing no, anybody right. of anything, but no, dude, I know. please. I know. It is bizarre. It's truly bizarre. It's bizarre that there isn't guard, a guard or something 24-7. Well, did, did you see part of the probable cause affidavit that was filed in court yesterday and released uh, from the FBI states that one of the witnesses that was on the scene was actually working private security for a neighbor and saw someone dressed in all black go into the house. Okay. And yeah. then later We're- heard like breaking glass or heard uh, like banging sounds. So it's like, well, wait a minute. There's a person right. working I'm private right security in the neighborhood. Right. But not there. And they, they didn't, Call the cops when they saw a guy wearing all black with a backpack? Go in the house. Yeah, or at but, least, yeah, go near the house, and then you hear the banging and whatnot. And the okay. speaker of the house just lives in a neighborhood? Oh, no, it's a very exclusive, yeah, gated neighborhood. So, so the guy got, okay. It he woke up sense. out of his stupor, out of the bus where he lives, with the yeah. BLM and rainbow flag people. Yes. Mm-hmm. And what, he scaled the gate? Is that Apparently. what happened? Yeah, may- maybe the imaginary bird was able to pick him up and drop him drop over. Drop him gate. over. I don't know. I, maybe. Yeah. And again, man. And most gated communities have like a guard shack right there. 
Yeah. You know, where somebody's in there. Yes. It's, this whole thing has got so many holes in it. I mean, if you go on vacation different places, like yeah. the rental places. Yeah. And then you got to have the card that will open Let the you gate. in the gate. Yeah. <laughs> but not here. I have to have a code but, to get no on one, my floor no, where I live. And no one wants yeah. to ask the questions. Yeah. How dare you ask questions? The guy was hit in the head with a hammer. Dude, I don't want to see the guy get hit in the head with well, a hammer. No. I hope he's okay. I don't wish bad on anybody. But if you're saying this story doesn't sound freaking crazy, you're out of your mind. It just doesn't add up. That's weird. And then, okay, we went down this timeline earlier. I don't need to spend a lot of time on it, but in synopsis, and tell me if I'm wrong here, David, the latest timeline is the guy wakes Paul Pelosi up at 2.23 in the morning, and they sort of chat, where's Nancy? Hmm. Well, she's not here. Well, we're going to wait till she gets here. And they have a conversation, and then Paul goes into the bathroom. Okay, it doesn't sound like a menacing thing at that point. Hey, you mind if I go take a whiz? Mm -hmm. Crazy man that wants to tie up my wife? Right. And that's when he calls 911, but he speaks in code and mentions the guy's name. Yeah. Well, no, no, no. No, according to the FBI uh, affidavit, um, I don't know if the phone was on speaker or what, but again, I don't know that detail, but it sounded like the phrasing made it sound like uh, the attacker said what his name was. So maybe he said, well, I don't know what this guy's name is on the phone. Paul Pelosi says, well, I don't know what his name is or whatever. And then uh, the attacker says, my name's David. Okay. <laughs> Which doesn't make sense. No, that doesn't make any sense either. That makes even less sense. Yes. Okay. And so then when the cops get there, somehow the door is opened, but at the same time the door is opened, there's a struggle between yeah. Paul Pelosi and the nut job, and both of their hands are on a hammer, but the the crazy guy also has his left hand on Pelosi's forearm, yeah. but Pelosi is able to open the door, and then police watch him wrestle the hammer away, hit him in the head once, yeah. don't react quick enough to tackle him after the first hit, and he hits him again. I don't Is know if he correct? hit him twice. Yeah, I don't know if he hit him twice either. I, okay. That, but you I, may be right. There, there no, you different could, reports all over you because I'm also right. reading there were two hammers there. Because I thought there was bodily injury, too. With his arms. Guess, we also heard that. Yeah. But stories keep changing. I, it does. Because there was a third person there. No, there wasn't. There they was were underwear. in their underwear. Not no, in their they weren't in their underwear. What was it? How do you, how do you, you go from... you can't ask questions or you're, I don't know, a hammer denialist. Who knows? <laughs> but how do you go from a guy was in his underwear to, no, he wasn't. I know. Clearly you're in your underwear or not. <laughs> yes. <laughs> I don't think there's any mistaking that. You either have pants on or you don't. Right. Hammer time. <laughs> what is going on? I don't know. But don't ask. Or you're one of those people. I, who knows? Okay, right. we got to move on. Other stuff. You Did you have a piece of audio to play? Oh, yeah. Uh so suddenly it's I don't, I don't know if they've just been drunk this whole time and they're coming out of their stupor or what, but a bunch of uh, liberals and media are suddenly realizing that people care a lot about crime, especially heading into the midterms. It's great. And crime tends to be a hyper local issue. I mean, if you're living in a place that doesn't have a high crime rate, then you're probably not all that worried about it. But a lot of big cities, especially, have seen really bad crime spikes in the last couple of years. Yes. And uh, so starting with the summer of love and then moving on uh, from there. Um, And so now they're desperate to try to figure out, okay, how can we spin this? 
like they're saying, well, it's racist to point out crime, okay? It's, it's, it's horrible to do that. <laughs> We've seen that over the last couple of weeks. Yes. And now it's actually that crime is going down. What? Uh, here's Joy Behar, which is part of the ABC News Division. I want to point that out. That's one of the reasons why this is important. It's a, I, I don't do this for my own personal help or health. Uh, but mm. you know, we got this is a news division thing, and it's a very widely watched program on ABC. Okay. Here's Joy Behar. I want to say there is no yeah. both sides here, no. and a lot of them pr like to say it, including Ted Cruz when he was here. And I'd like to remind everybody that it was the Democrats, the not the Democrats, who stormed the government that day oh, and God. tried to kill the vice president. Yeah. Okay. And the, the Republicans now coming up to the uh, next election, which is next week, by the way, um, they, all they do is talk about crime, crime, crime. Well. Uh, I looked it up. Murders in major cities have fallen by 4% so far in 2022, compared with the same period a year ago. So crime is not on the rise. It's actually going down under Joe okay. Biden. What if so a couple things. Oh, my God. Flag on the play. Oh my so a couple gosh, things. Man. When you have a historic spike in murders over the course of two years, with 2020 yeah. and then 2021, uh, yeah, a 4% drop in violent crime not really all that good, okay? You're still pretty nope. high up there. The other thing is, and for the people who really follow this closely, uh, there's a reporter at the New York Times who's actually done it. He's been doing a great job with this for years, but has pointed out that fewer and fewer municipalities are actually reporting uh, stats to the FBI, to the federal government. And there are a lot of different reasons for that. One, they just don't have the time, honestly. They don't have the personnel when you're down several hundred officers, like many mm -hmm. metros are seeing, you don't have the people to, to put that stuff together. The other thing is there's political pressure to not report to the federal government. It's not required by anybody to, to report these things to the feds. So when you look at the FBI crime stats, it's not all that accurate. You can look at individual city stats, and those are okay. Those are pretty well-maintained for the most part because, you know, it's based on calls and convictions right. more than anything. But when it comes to actually reporting to a federal database, those numbers are almost to the point where they're not usable in some cases. Well, also, man, I mean, people, you can't push somebody in front of a train if no one's out because of COVID. Right. You can't carjack someone when they, they're not driving anywhere. I mean, you, right? I mean, you can't pop them in the well, back of the head and steal their purse. I mean, you can't, they're not there. The other part, man, these numbers, they did it before. Remember when Biden over the summer? Hey, inflation's going down. Right. He was going month to month, not year to year, the way you measure it. Your numbers still suck, man. You're trying to figure out somewhere uh, yeah. that you can tell a good story. It's like the CDC director. She's tested for COVID again. How many is this now for her? I'm trying to keep track. How many She's shots has she had? Yeah, like seven times, as right? As many times yeah. as you can. Um. And with the latest, and it didn't stop her from getting COVID. No. And then she takes the Paxlovid and gets it again. Right. But follow the science. <laughs> Dude, you can't make it up. And something else on that, as far as the people now, and this is getting a lot of traction, asking for pandemic amnesty. Mm -hmm. Like, hey, we need a do-over with everything COVID. We didn't know. Yeah. And, and now can we just have a little do-over? 
the, the backlash is massive. I got another COVID story coming up on my three, too. That oh, It's excellent. something that's kind of gone underreported. Oh. So we'll get to that. Looking forward to that. Yeah. Oh, also, we got a clip of Joe Rogan talking about Elon Musk taking over Twitter and how Elon Musk's politics have changed straight ahead. Markley Van Camp and Robin Show. Jamie Markley, David Van Camp, Scott Robbins. So you got all the freakout going on a week before the midterms. Oh, yeah. And the other big freakout is Elon Musk and Twitter. <laughs> and the left is losing their minds. <laughs> and I really do think it's because it's bigger than just what you see on the surface. Because when you do really have freedom of speech... And think about this over the last couple of years with everything that's gone on and so many voices being suppressed. Mm -hmm. There were a lot of things people just did not know. And we could go down the whole list. But you're trying to figure out, okay, why did Elon Musk go ahead and buy Twitter? I got to believe it's what he says. It's about civilization. You got to have free speech or what happens. And you look back at the history of the world. So Joe Rogan, who has known Elon Musk for a little while, had Bridget Phetasy on his show, who we talked to a couple of years ago. Man, the, it was quite a conversation. But they were talking about Elon Musk and how his politics have changed. He was very left-leaning for most of his life. Yeah. Until really recently, the pandemic in particular and the way people have sort of enforced these ideologies regardless of whether or not the science supports it. Yeah. And he thinks it's bad. And I think it's true. I think I think we have a real problem with discourse, particularly like discourse on Twitter, right? Like if you post something and then someone posts something that opposes what you say, like, ah, and then you got to like formulate it. Like some people don't want that. So what they would like to do is silence the people that have opposing viewpoints. And then you get all this positive feedback from all the people that agree with you. And like, yes, I want to amplify that. And that's the way it's been for the last few years. It's not going to be that way anymore. And he goes on. Because that feels good. I did the right. I said the right thing. <laughs> I said the right. And then when someone comes in with facts or opinion, you, you Nazi fascist. And, <laughs> and it's like, that's what people are doing now because it's a way to communicate. Communicating like that, it's good. It's a good way to get out information and ideas really quickly. But it's a bad way to exchange ideas and to dialogue about stuff. Yeah. Because it's the way people are supposed to really communicate is like how we're doing. Yeah. Two people looking at each other talking. That's how we're designed. We're not really designed to read text. No. And you know what on that? I don't know if you've ever done this with someone uh, you know or maybe close to you and you don't agree on certain things to have those conversations mm-hmm. and bring forth your facts. To just try to keep an open mind and go back and forth a little bit. Yeah, nerves might get, you know, a little raw at times. But you can actually learn something. I mean, it doesn't change my overall view. No. But sometimes people don't even know what the facts are anymore. And, I mean, most people don't have time to sift through all this crap every day. Well, the problem is there's 72 sources, and if you, you can find the facts you think are true anywhere. Yes. You know, and it doesn't necessarily make them true, but you can send the article to somebody. But think or you about, can send the pie chart to somebody. Think about everything that was suppressed on Twitter about COVID. 
or oh, vaccines well, over yeah. the last couple of yeah. years that turned out to be true. You can't count it. No. So, yeah, I think overall that's a good thing. We still have to get to that, the uh, response to the pandemic amnesty. And you also have I got another pandemic story. Your... Yeah, one story that I think has gone underreported. This is the Markley Van Camp and Robin show. But biggest story of the day would be what? Oh, man, quite a few. One is Joe Biden is out there saying that uh, uh, big oil is wartime profiteering, which is quite interesting. And the failing New York Times has a new piece of propaganda out claiming that, well, you're paying more at the grocery store because you got it. Corporations are going all corporation-y and screwing you. That's what's happening. Record profits. Ah! <laughs> right, exactly. Yeah. You know, he's right. Crazy. Man. It is crazy. It's insane. Those companies that are all a part of yeah. equity, diversity, and inclusion. Right. Okay. Got it. Yeah. All right. So we'll break that down and get to Scott Robbins' top three stories of the day, the trifecta, all coming up right here. show thank you so much for being here jamie markley david van camp scott robbins do have the robbins trifecta his top three stories of the day and a few news update david van camp oh man i love this so biden is going out now and saying big oil you just need to you know lower your profits and uh just do me a solid and lower gas prices magically and if you don't you know what we're gonna do we're gonna <laughs> we're we're doing windfall taxes which means the government is going to decide how much money you can make. Hmm. He thinks he can do that on his own? He thinks he can. Well, he says he's going to wait for Congress to get back in session. So uh, the chief White House economist, one Mr. Brian Deese, I'm sorry, he's the NEC director. Uh, Brian Deese is the guy who very famously said, well, if you take out the price of pork and poultry and beef, (laughs) grocery prices aren't that high. If you take out the things that people eat, it's not too bad, right? So uh, he's on Squawk Box uh, this morning on CNBC. Joe Kernan drops the hammer on this doofus. I love this. But, Brian, in in the history of the world, have you ever seen a a situation where if you tax an industry or tax something, you actually get more of it? The quickest way to get less of something is to tax it and to regulate it. So we're already, you know, draining the the SPR. Some people think that's okay. Other people think that's not very wise at this point. So why make it harder for the oil companies to invest in? Right, invest in their their (laughs) profits. And and I love this because I learned today, and this will make sense in a moment, that Brian Deese is actually an optimist when it comes to the Strategic Petroleum Reserve. (laughs) Listen to this. These windfall profits. Well, yeah, a couple of points. First is on the Strategic Petroleum Reserve. Not only is it still half full, but it's still half full. Okay, <laughs> it's not. It's not oh empty. Yet. <laughs> <laughs> okay, got it. Jeez. See, you look at it 
as right. it's the lowest level it's been in yeah. over 40 years. We look at it as half full, okay? Let's put a positive spin on that bad boy. It's like a glass of beer. It's, you know, it's, <laughs> it's still dang. half full. So, I know, right? <laughs> Irritating. What? <laughs> oh, For the record, that just yeah. when that dude comes on TV... Yeah. It is Van Camp more than anybody. I think it's like, I just want to punch that guy. That, well, uh, honestly, uh, I know somebody's going to say, you're 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 condoting violence. Right. So, no, I'm not. I'm just saying that that's a guy who obviously never got a good ass whooping back in the day. Okay? <laughs> that's and, right. Yep. And I, I think all three of us have gotten good ass whoopings in our lives. <laughs> more and than a couple. A couple. We've, we've yeah. been more than a couple. We're better off for it. And. <laughs> Silver spoon doofuses like this guy. Yeah, I'm not saying now, but when he was like 15 or 16, probably should have gotten a good ass whooping, and then he wouldn't <laughs> be this guy today. It's very possible. I mean, this yes. was the guy who got pushed into lockers, and he's taken out his his anger now as an adult. Oh, I don't. It's think one of the two. He was probably protected from the locker stuff. Yeah. That'd be my guess. You think so? Probably. Yeah. Yes. All right, I mentioned this this dude that had a great reaction to yeah. people that are now wanting pandemic amnesty. Yeah. Well, the Atlantic ran this piece yesterday calling for pandemic amnesty. Basically, hey, we were all scared and we were all in the dark about COVID. And, of course, a lot of people have a problem with that, and I understand why. It's because if you were, let's say, April of 2020 saying, hey, this lockdown stuff, well, boy, this is not this is not good. We should not be doing this. And keeping kids out of school for as long as many jurisdictions did, if you said, hey, this is not a good idea for the future of our country and for the children, uh, you were called a grandma killer. That's right. And people were saying, oh, yeah, you should you should be denied health care benefits if you don't get this covid vaccine. You should lose your job. The, listen, I mean, the Biden administration is literally still in court yes. fighting for the right to have this covid vaccine mandate so is the state of new york correct uh, so no there is no amnesty you want accountability is what you want um, what it did to kids my goodness yeah. we could go on and on and on man so this dude who goes by ross da boss 2.0 1.0 wasn't good enough wasn't boss enough. No. okay but he mm. has the perfect response to this roll it look 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 they want everybody to forget and forgive everything that happened during the pandemic. We were all in the dark. We were all afraid. Like, nah, b Like, that was like we all got kidnapped and put together on an island, and then all of y'all bastards were like, we should eat them. And we're like, what the b And then now they took us off the island, and we're just looking at you on the ride home like, and you're like, oh, wasn't that crazy? And we're like, nah, b you tried to eat us. <laughs> I didn't kick you out of those stores. I didn't ruin your job. I didn't tell you you couldn't come to the family reunion. I didn't tell you you had to drop dead of a heart attack because you didn't get the jab, so you're not welcome at this hospital. There ain't nothing to forgive on my side, baby boo. This is a you problem, and we're still talking about it. <laughs> That's awesome. Yeah, there's a lot of that out there. I don't know if you've seen it, man. Oh, yeah. People are not. Not ready to play. Well, there's so many people said, yeah, amnesty. They're not apologizing. No. They're not saying, hey, you know what? Got that one wrong. Really sorry that that, that happened. We were going off of what we knew, but you know what? We, we owe you an apology. Nobody is doing that. It might start there. Well, ruining people's lives is you just don't simply roll over and go, I'm okay. I accept your apology. 
But they haven't even said sorry. No, and you got to say you got to start there. Yeah, that's the problem. All right, you ready for your big three? Then you got to mow my yard and okay, yeah. All right, yeah. Are you ready? One, two, buckle my shoe. It's the three most important news stories of the day. I hit the trifecta. Well, at least according to Scott Robbins, it's the trifecta on the Markley Van Camp and Robbins Show. Scott Robbins, top three stories of the day every day at this time. Always help. I'm Casey Casey. And he's ready. Yes. Okay. Three. Number three, we turn to the Senate race, specifically in Ohio, between Democratic candidate, uh, far-left candidate, John Fetterman, and Republican Dr. Oz. And you're telling me You mean Pennsylvania, right? Pennsylvania. What did I say? You said Ohio. Ohio. That's Ohio. Ohio. Sorry. I uh, knew what you meant. Pennsylvania. Yeah. There, <laughs> I had a John Fetterman moment. I apologize. That's <laughs> all right. It was... <laughs> <laughs> it was, I, tem- up I temporarily time. turned into a semi-sentient <laughs> cucumber there, so I apologize. Oh, goodness. So, so, <laughs> oh, man. So anyway, in Pennsylvania, uh, yeah, John Fetterman, his hometown uh, paper, uh, just endorsed Dr. Oz. Yeah, this is interesting. The uh, Pittsburgh Post-Gazette, very heavily Democratic Allegheny County. Location of Fetterman's adopted hometown of Braddock, you know, which he was the mayor of. Yep. The newspaper torched him. The endorsement of Dr. Oz refers to Fetterman's lack of transparency over his medical records and said, quote, it suggests impulse to conceal and mistrust of the people. Now, this is my favorite one. The paper also noted Fetterman's lack of experience in holding any job, real job, real job. He's never had one. Wow. Ain't that something? Yes. Yeah, it's interesting. The dude's never had a job. Newspaper endorsements don't mean a whole lot anymore. No, they don't. don't. No. But that one really says something. It does. That's Allegheny County, and uh, that's his home county. So, yeah. Yes. All right. We're getting closer and closer to number one. The Scott Robbins trifecta top three of the day. Two. Uh, Number two, more collateral damage from COVID policies. Yeah, man. This one and uh, dovetails off of what we've already suspected for a long time. Uh, the pediatric education crisis, the most obvious of everything else. But we also have this going on. Doctors on the front lines of the children's medicine are being taught a real-time lesson in reality. Immune systems working to fight off bugs, developing defenses through exposure to said viruses are not working. The COVID closures of 20 and 2021 have cost and is one of them. Children have not gained any immunity to being exposed normally. And now the price has to be paid to the most vulnerable of the population. Children's hospitals are full. This RSV thing has made a comeback. All these other diseases now, infectious diseases these kids are having. During the pandemic, they said the children's hospitals were essentially barren during during the pandemic. Uh, But now you've you've got triages set up where there's so many kids in there with these particular diseases. Now they're being exposed to them. They weren't naturally incorporated into their... Yeah. Their health ecosystems. Yeah, I've I've borne the brunt of that uh, yes, you personally have. in my household. Because and it, at first, because you know you always hear that when your kids, especially because they're around an, uh, other little filthy children, you know, yeah, and yeah, everybody spreads germs, and so you as the parent, a first time parent, is always going to get whatever they bring home. That just that's sure. just a fact mm-hmm. of life. But it's been one after the other, after the other, after the other. I've got an almost three year old. She was born right before the pandemic was declared um and then i've got a now one-year-old um and their pediatrician 
was saying, I asked, like, hey, they're always sick, like, more than I thought would be kind of normal. And she's told us, yeah, it's because, especially for my daughter, uh, her, the first year of her life, she was not exposed to really anything. I mean, not other kids. We were around right. family members, but, it, you know, there, there were no play dates because everybody was scared to death. And so, um, you know, she didn't get exposed to that. And now it's like every time she goes to the playground, she comes home with a cough. Right. Essentially. Yeah. Now, thank God, I mean, for her, she's a healthy child. But for mm -hmm. other kids who may have some other complications, this may add to the tragedy of that. I mean, they weren't sporadically catching RSV and the flu. Everybody, at right. boom, at the same time got yeah. it because they weren't exposed to it prior. But I think it's going to be you years. Want me to, you, and you want my to say it's okay. Yeah, it'll Let's be years hands. before it'll be we fine. know. I'm not doing that. Exactly how much Screw damage you. has been done. Yeah. Now, on with the countdown. <laughs> right, exactly. Scott Robbins, trifecta, top three of the day, already up to number one. one. Yeah. Uh, number one, uh, this is in the state of Texas. Uh, shoe yeah. store owner tricks would-be thieves. Yeah, he may have stopped three thieves who robbed him. Uh, Laced Connection is a high-end shoe store, Fort Worth, Texas, robbed on Friday morning. Three masked men, at least they were safely robbing with masks on. Uh, the burg I made that part up. The burglars first attempted to break in through a, bed a bathroom window at the rear of the store. When the effort proved futile, the burglars then bypassed a double padlocked door and steel gate. Chad Stewart, who owns the store, said, quote, it would have taken them a good while to get into that part of the store, indicating the back stock room that had been ransacked. Once inside the stock room, the thieves began pulling. They frantically pulled down boxes of various expensive shoes, Nikes, Air Jordans, Adidas, Yeezys. After filling a bag with shoe boxes, they came to the realization the boxes contained only one shoe. <laughs> <laughs> the guy said he took one and put him in his display out front sure. and kept the other one in the back to keep that crap from happening. <laughs> These guys take off with a bag full of one shoe. <laughs> it was a real steal. <laughs> I love this story. I love this story. I love the ingenuity of that guy. Brilliant. And there you have it. They're looking go. and they're going, wait a minute. The Scott Robin trifecta. Yes. Every day at this time. Thank you. Yes. <laughs> You're very much tickled by that story. I love that story. I can tell. I like that. That's good. Yeah. Okay. We still got to get to another news update and Nimrod's in the news, which is a doozy today. Straight ahead, right here. Van Camp and Robin Show. Jamie Markley, David Van Camp, Scott Robbins. Get the Nimrods in the news in just a minute. News update, David Van Camp. This is just crazy, man. Bill Malugin down on the uh, down on the border in Normandy, Texas, tiny little town. Um and uh, well, there's a group of about three hundred migrants crossing illegally into the United States. Almost all of them are single adults. And the thing is, man, uh everybody's wearing designer clothes. Or at least nice-looking clothes. That's so weird. And they've We've all seen got, it before. Oh, yeah. They've all got cell phones, and there's one fat lady who's who's in, in the group who's taking selfies of herself. And I'm just like, okay, is this the poor and huddled masses? 
What the hell Seriously, is this? Seriously, when you used to have the vision of yeah. people doing anything they could, okay, and they have to pay all their money to the Coyotes and everything yeah. else, you're thinking, man, it's like the same clothes you got to wear every day. Right. Um, certainly malnourished. I mean, there are a lot of overweight people coming to the country that have designer clothes on. Mm-hmm. Are you somebody wearing North Face? Yeah, he got a North Face jacket on. I mean, and, and, and like nice looking man bags. I mean, not my style, but... It, I mean, they're they're nice looking. They're it's it's wild, man. I mean, they would actually fit in on Martha's Vineyard if you dropped them off there. Unreal, dude. Well, listen, I'm not griping. It's not that big a deal. Certainly, others in my family have had North Face, whether a gift or whatever. I would just do off brand off brand stuff. Yeah. I'm mm-hmm. Captain Thrifty. I'm cheap. What? So yeah, it bugs me a little bit. You got North Face on. I've always wondered about that with you. What do you mean? Well, the Northwest face jacket you wear all the time. <laughs> Is that what it says on there? Yeah. I thought it was. I forget what it's called. <laughs> Some goofy, goofy off-brand. <laughs> I forget what it is. You always come up with the names for the off-brand Big K-Face. <laughs> <laughs> all right, we got to get the Nimrods in the news. Roll it out. When the going gets tough. Damn it, this is too hard. The dumb get dumber. All right, Dan. It's Nimrods in the news on the Martley, Van Camp, and Robbins show. I love the poorly educated. All right. Nimrod's the news. We're going to start with phone equity. Because apparently you make it across the border, you get yourself a new Biden phone. But there are poor people in the United States that have to steal, apparently, to get phones. That's what happened in Oklahoma at an AT&T story early Sunday morning. Burglars thought they were being smart by cutting the power to the store before a breaking window to get in. Uh. Okay. But they're saying, you know, if the power had been on, maybe the one... <laughs> Goof not, wouldn't have left his personal cell phone in the store. <laughs> and then the dude, so he's like, oh, my goodness, I left, left the phone in there. Um, thief went back when it was open to say, uh, yeah, I left my phone in here. They said, yeah, don't know, don't have it here. So then they called the cops and reported the guy was driving. And then the other part of the story, cops approached the vehicle, said, your name, sir, Matt Damon. <laughs> no, his name was actually Dylan Slack. He and his father, David McCullough, arrested for burglary and false impersonation. Dylan Slack is a good name, though. Not bad. Yeah. And you can't, you can't cats in the cradle that dad. At least they're doing something together. That's right. Go. Okay. My boys, just like me. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And then police in Georgia recently busted a gang of thieves. How? Following a trail of candy wrappers. <laughs> People burglarized multiple homes and vehicles uh, in early October, about a half hour outside of Atlanta. They hiked through wooded areas to sneak into properties and cars and then make getaways and stash items that they stole until they could take them elsewhere. But that was also their undoing because there was a bag of miniature Milky Way bars. And the rappers, they just followed the trail. They got them. And that's Nimrod's in the news.